Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, Episode 170. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I believe that life is too short not to express the innate creativity inside of you. So I wrote a book called The Creative Sandbox Way, based around 10 guideposts that I developed to get myself out of creative stuck and back to the sense of playful creativity that I naturally had when I was a four-year-old. That book was just the tip of the iceberg. I continue the conversation each week with this podcast. Let's jump in. So you've probably seen pictures of that archetypal chaotic artist's studio, right? A terrible jumble of things and like a like a tornado went through it. It's kind of kind of an iconic image. Or the picture of the writer's desk just piled to the rafters with a, with papers, like jumble jumbles of papers. These are so iconic. There's a really famous picture of Einstein's desk on the day that he died. And it's often pointed to as evidence that clutter and mess is required for creative genius, that it's part of creative genius. In fact, there's a quote that's often miscredited to Einstein. If a cluttered desk signs a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk a sign? That (laughs) apparently is a misattribution. There is actually no evidence that I can find anywhere. And that uh, I I checked on WikiQuote, uh, Wikipedia, Um, There's no evidence that Einstein actually ever said this quote, but it's often attributed to him. The upshot is that we have this idea that creative genius is facilitated by clutter. And in fact, there are some studies that even suggest that messy environments encourage originality and a search for novelty. So in other words, creativity. I will include a link in the show notes to a particular study that was written about in an an article in the New York Times, in which Kathleen Vos and two of her colleagues speculated that messiness might actually serve a purpose, just as tidiness serves a purpose, and that tidiness has been associated with upholding societal standards. And so they predicted that just being around tidiness might possibly elicit a desire for convention. And they predicted also the opposite, that being around messiness would lead people away from convention in favor of new directions. And so they conducted some experiments to test out their hypotheses, which they reported on in the Journal of Psychological Science, and their hunches were borne out. So for their first study, what they did is they arranged rooms in their laboratory to either look tidy with books and papers very stacked and orderly, or to look messy with papers and books strewn around haphazardly. And then they invited 188 adults to visit the lab one at a time, ostensibly for a consumer choice study. And each subject 
was assigned either to a messy room or to a tidy room. And when they were in the room, they were shown a menu from a deli that made fruit smoothies. <laughs> the smoothies were said to come with a quote unquote boost, some kind of added ingredient. And there were three options to choose from a health boost, a wellness boost, or a vitamin boost. And they created two different versions of the menu. Half of the subjects saw a menu that had the word classic, highlighting the health boost option. Whereas the other half saw the health boost option highlighted by the word new. And so the subjects made their choices from the menu. And as predicted, when the subjects were in the tidy room, they chose the health boost more often, almost twice as often when it had the classic label. In other words, when it was associated with convention. And also, as they predicted, when the subjects were in the messy room, they chose the health boost more often, more than twice as often, when it was said to be new, that is, when it was associated with novelty. So in other words, this sort of indicates that people tended to prefer convention, greatly prefer convention in the tidy room, and greatly prefer novelty in the messy room. And as Kathleen knows, writes in the New York Times article, given that divergence from the status quo is the essence of ingenuity, we conducted a second experiment to test whether messiness fostered creativity. So they brought in for this particular part of the study, they brought in 48 research subjects individually to the lab. And again, they were assigned either to a messy room or to a tidy room. And this time, the subjects were told to imagine that a ping pong ball factory needed to think of new uses for ping pong balls. And they were asked to write down as many ideas as they could. And then they had independent judges rate the subjects answers for how creative they were done. And apparently that can be done reliably, although she doesn't explain how that's done. But in any case, Answers, just to give you an example, some answers that rated low in creativity included included using ping pong balls for beer pong, which is a party game that uses ping pong balls, so it's not really an innovative idea. And answers rated high in creativity included things like using ping pong balls as ice cube trays and attaching them to chair legs to protect floors, things like that, really out of the box kinds of things. So when they analyzed the responses, they found that the subjects in both types of rooms came up with about the same number of ideas, which meant they put about the same effort into the task. But the messy room subjects were more creative, which was what they expected. Not only were their ideas 28% more creative on average, according to these independent judges, but when they analyzed the ideas that the judges scored as quote-unquote highly creative they found a really remarkable boost from being in the messy room. Those subjects came up with almost five times the number of highly creative responses as their tidy room counterparts did. And it's worth noting that these results have also been confirmed by independent researchers at Northwestern University who found that subjects in a messy room drew more creative pictures and were quicker to solve a challenging brain teaser puzzle than subjects in a tidy room. So the article in the New York Times goes on to say that the findings have practical 
implications. For example, there's a really minimalist design trend taking hold in contemporary office spaces. And these private walled-in offices are very much out of favor. Even private cubicles are out of favor. Today's office environments often involve desk sharing, and they have very, very minimal footprints, a lot less office space per worker, which means less room to make a mess. And at the same time, the working world is like on fire about the idea of cultivating innovation and creativity. And their findings suggest that this might be hampered by the minimalist movement. So all of this is very interesting. And it seems to indicate that creative genius, again, is facilitated by clutter. But here's something that the study very, very significantly did not touch on. And that is the difference between mess and clutter. This is, I think, really a shame because something very, very critical is left out when the difference between mess and clutter is not dealt with. And that something could really be hampering your own creative joy and freedom. So I want to take a moment to look at that difference right now. But first, before we do that, I want to tell you about something cool coming up on Tuesday. So we know that clearing clutter makes space for creativity. So on Tuesday, July 24th, I'm starting a three-week great clutter bust to help women clear out all the stuff that's weighing us down so we can make space to create. It's part of my grand reopening of the Creative Sandbox community, my online community of open-hearted women recovering our creativity together in the spirit of play. I haven't opened it up to the public in many months. And to kick off the reopening with a bang, we're all going to hit the reset button on our spaces with three weeks of group clutter clearing from July 24th to August 13th, leveraging the power of community to get her done. And here's the best part. You get to try before you buy, because I'm inviting you to join me for a free clutter busting session so you get to experience the power of clutter busting for yourself sign up at freecreativityworkshop.com that's freecreativityworkshop.com and if you love it and you want to do more you'll have the chance to join the creative sandbox community as an annual charter member and you'll not only get the three-week great clutter bust, but you'll also get all the benefits of Creative Sandbox community membership. And again, the link to sign up for the free sample session, clutter bust sample session, is freecreativityworkshop.com. See you on Tuesday. The words mess and clutter are often used interchangeably, but they are not the same. They are not at all the same. I will link in the show notes to a table that I created in a blog post that is a summary of what I'm sharing here. And I've got a column for mess and a column for clutter, and I'm going to go over those here. So first, mess 
Mess is a healthy and natural part of life. Mess is a sign that your space is lived in, that your space is enjoyed. Clutter, on the other hand, is excess stuff that takes up space and saps energy. It's stagnant. It is not a sign that your space is lived in and enjoyed. The energy is dead. Mess is temporary. Mess is relatively easy to deal with as well. It's relatively easy to clean up. Clutter is long-term. Clutter is permanent. Clutter does not clean up quickly. Mess is usually composed of items that get a lot of use, items that are loved because they're used all the time, and they can be tidied up, and they can be put away because everything has a home to go to. Clutter is composed of items that are not used, not wanted, not loved. And though it takes up space in your home, it doesn't have a real home. Mess does not get endlessly ignored. Clutter does. Clutter is like wallpaper. It's very easy to ignore. And it's very important to note that mess can become clutter if it's ignored for too long. That happens to me a lot. (laughs) Mess gets moved around. Mess gets used often, and it allows energy to flow. Clutter, on the other hand, usually stays put, and it blocks energy in your space. It does not allow it to flow. It blocks it. Creating a mess can often be very energizing and bring you joy. I mean, think about creating the mess when you're making a really great meal, or creating a mess when you're painting or doing something creative. It's energizing. It's joy-inspiring. Clutter, on the other hand, drains energy, and it has absolutely no redemptive qualities. Mess is an inherent part of the creative process, an inherent part of the creative process, whereas clutter is a massive block to creativity. So to basically encapsulate it in one little statement If it's energizing you, it's mess. If it's draining you, it's clutter. These are such, such important differences. And now that you know the difference, and again, there's a a handy dandy little table that you can look at in the, the corresponding blog post that I'll link to in the show notes. I think the important thing to do is to start to pay attention. Ask yourself, when you look at your environment, Which one are you dealing with? Is it mess or is it clutter? I would be really, really curious to see what would happen with that study if they put people in a room that was mess versus a room that was clutter. Because I know I can feel it energetically when I'm in my own cluttered space or when I'm in the house of a hoarder. I can feel the energy getting sucked right out of me. I don't know about you, but I can totally feel that. So I'd be really curious what happened with that experiment. Here's where I, it's a great place to use my golden formula. Self-awareness plus self-compassion equals the key to everything good. The first part of that self-awareness is noticing. Notice how mess and clutter make you feel. And then respond with gentleness, regardless of how you're feeling. Remind yourself that you're human that plenty of other people struggle with clutter, struggle with even struggle with cleaning their messes up. 
And that's the self-compassion piece, acknowledging that you're human and being kind and gentle with yourself. And the first step there is awareness. That's always the first step. You do not have to go crazy. You don't even have to do anything right now. Just start to pay attention and think about how your space is right now compared with how you wish your space were in an ideal world. And remember, every accomplishment starts with a vision. So start picturing your dream space. Because if you can dream it, you can do it. If you can dream the kind of space you want your environment to be, you can create it. For right now, just start dreaming it. And come to my free clutter busting session next week and you can get a start on creating it. Again, that link is freecreativityworkshop.com to sign up. Freecreativityworkshop.com. And that brings us to this week's Something Cool. This week's Something Cool is a band. It's the True Loves Band, which is an eight-piece instrumental soul band out of Seattle, Washington, that my husband just happened to discover. He's always discovering interesting music and interesting things just because he's always on the internet. (laughs) And he was listening to watching this video. And it was just phenomenally good music. And it's these eight guys, and they all wear suits, just different suits. And they're just really tight incredibly good. And we just love them. So check them out. Truelovesband.com. I'll include a link in the show notes. If you like soul music, if you like really tight (laughs) instrumental music, they're phenomenal. So that's this week's something cool. And that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend. And I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment to hop on over to iTunes, the Apple Podcast Player, and leave a rating and review, hopefully a five stars. Always appreciate that. But really, the real reason to leave a rating and review, not just the stars, but type in some comments, type in a sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, what you appreciate about the podcast. If you don't know how to do that, I've got step-by-step instructions over at creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes hyphen review. That's creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. The reason to do it is because that helps other people find the show. It's actually really quite important because when people are looking for a podcast to listen to, podcasts with more reviews show up in the search results. So you are actually helping other people find the show, you are making a difference. You are changing the world by helping other people find the show by typing in a few words and leaving your star rating in uh, by, you know, taking a moment and leaving that review. And if you email me to let me know you left a review and how the podcast has made a difference in your own life, I might ask you to be on the show. That's how you can apply to be considered for the listener spotlight, we'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation and you'll be featured on the podcast and get to add that to your resume. (laughs) That'd be super cool. I would love to have a chat with you. So really, that's it. That is all I got today. 
I hope you join me for the free sample Clutterbust session next Tuesday, freecreativityworkshop.com. Thanks again for joining me. And until next time, as always, go get creating. Subscribe at creativesandboxway.com slash podcast.